The following Art Trap production has been made possible in part by subscribers like you. Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi With Ken Deep, James Norton, and Louis Trapani Okay, we're here with episode 3 of Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi this is Louis Trapani, and joining me is Ken Deep. Hi. Hey, Ken. Hi. Hi. <laughs> also <laughs> with us across the Great Pond is James Norton. Hello. Good Hi to there. have you back, James. Always great to be here. Wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> Uh, sarcasm. Yeah, it's not a lower form of wit, really. James is like, yes, I'm glad to be here. If I only I had something important to do. <laughs> James, you no, no, just being just here like... is important. Well, so so I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? Well, what, what's, it's been a uh... while since our last show, and we're back, and we're back with a vengeance. There's a lot to cover, so we're going to keep this basically on the news since um, there's been some news to cover. The three of us were just at Gallifrey 20, which was um, last month in Los Angeles, California. The first yeah. time all three of us were together in person in the same room. We did a Doctor Who Pachak live on stage. Again, the first time all of us were live on stage together. So it's been a very exciting um, past month for us. Before yeah, that, the week before that, we were at New York City Comic Con. So it's been a very busy time for all of us. Well, you and I were. James was not. James was not, but Colin Baker was there. Paul Carnell was there. Tony Lee was there. All of which traveled with us. Um, not, well, not on the same plane, but traveled along with us to um to Los Angeles and and Ken followed them just to make sure you know Ken, um James was just just following up to make sure everything was okay from no one was following them you know <laughs> <laughs> Although having said that I did feel a bit like a stalker because on the way back from LA I, I don't think I told you guys this but Toby Haydock was on both of my flights Really no you didn't yeah. say anything and we, we both were absolutely shattered, and I, I said hi to him and, you know, gave him a wave and whatever, but I didn't want to hassle the poor guy because <laughs> I reckon he must have just thought, God, I can't escape the fans, the legions of fans. <laughs> but we both were shattered, so, um, yeah, we we just said hi, and, and that was that. So, so, yeah, I really did feel like a bit like a stalker at that point, but it was purely through uh, lucky chance, through serendipity. It wasn't It wasn't by design, I promise. I promise. But that's by the by. Anyway. So, I should hope it wasn't by design. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think Toby, I don't know, well, I don't know what he thought, but uh, 
But but that's by the by. Well, anyway, we I just should thought explain it was... to those that uh, may not be familiar with who Toby Haddock is. Um, he's a uh, one man comedy. He does a one man comedy play called The Moths Ate My Doctor Who Scarf, which um, is pretty funny. He did a live performance of it at Gallifrey Twenty last month, and um, <clears throat> so he was a guest at Gallifrey Twenty as as we were, and so we got to meet him. He we he was on our live show as well, so. He was one of the guests. So episode one forty one. Episode one forty one of Doctor Who Podshock. Thank you, Ken. Podshock.net. And I have to say that it is it's very funny, uh Moth's eight, my Doctor Who scarf. If you search for it on iTunes, it's available on iTunes in Britain and America. Yes. There you go. You can download it because he's a very, very funny chap and it was brilliant to see the premiere there in North America never been performed there before so that was really awesome but i, I think he was a bit bit sick of, of of all the attention by the end of it and just like the rest of us i think just wanted to go home because it was such a, a, a an awesome but tiring weekend it has to be said yeah and it's not just i mean it's it's a doctor who convention but gallifrey also caters to other british science fiction and, and general science fiction as well so in fact the the theme for this year's convention was 20 to life so they they adopted some of the prisoner icons you know the mm-hmm. uh, the the logo with the bicycle and all that were incorporated into the badges and uh so if you're a prisoner fan you you couldn't help but you have a grin on your face seeing some of the prisoner motifs incorporated into um and a, and a nod to the late great Patrick McGowan who we lost just yes. prior to the convention so. yeah unfortunately yes, since very our last show we've lost Speaking Patrick of- McGowan Prisoner, um, Ian McKellen's uh, remake for AMC is just about ready to go, although the, the official announcement hasn't been made as to when they air. Um, I do have do have uh, reliable information that says that this miniseries, that at least the first four episodes, are complete. Yes, so. they, they've wrapped, it seems, in terms of uh, filming anyway. Uh, I guess that they're just going to sort out all the post-production um, and I really hope that they can can get it out soon because I've ever since I've seen a few uh, publicity photos, I've been dying to uh, to see what it's going to be like because I guess all three of us are, are, are big prisoner fans and um, are really excited to see what they've done with it, um, whether it will remain faithful to the original, what what's changed. I'm not a fan. I'm a man. My life is my own. Yeah, free fan, free fan. <laughs> <laughs> or fanboy, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. But it should be really interesting, and and I'm sure now that they'll 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 have to put a tribute in there to the late great. Oh, yeah, Pat. I would think so. It, it was so I was so sad to hear that because I was I was really looking forward to hearing what he thought of the the new series and whether he gave it his sort of seal of approval. Patrick McGoon was more than just the star of the prisoner. It was it was uh, the it, creator. Yeah, yeah, it was his yes. idea. It was his um, inspiration that that brought it to um, to life. So, and if you haven't seen the original series, it's seventeen episodes. I would highly recommend that you check it out. And it is available now for free to view online. That is, I think via a is it um is it a and e dot com AM, AMC, but um yeah AMC AMC American Movie Classics. I see. And, I, mm. and there's also an American movie classics Canada. So um, I'm sh- if you're in in if you're a friend to the north, then uh, I believe you'll also have access to this, which will be spectacular. And I'm, I'm just reading now, actually, from AMC that um, that November 
which is weird. If if they've got them complete, I'm I'm a little surprised that they're waiting that long. But maybe they need a little bit of time. I'm going to try and uh, pull some strings over there at AMC and and see if we can get a an advanced uh, screener of it. That'd be very nice. It would be very nice. I'd uh, I'd be happy to to see that because well, I, I've, ever since I've heard that they were doing it, I've been very excited. Uh, yeah. About it, so. Um, who knows? We'll just time will have to tell. I, I guess maybe maybe they haven't wrapped. I don't know, but uh, maybe that's just a, a rumor flying out there. But I'd heard similar sort of things that they finished filming, um, perhaps from different sources and things. But I can't imagine it would take them that long to get the post production sorted. It, it um, could just been a schedule thing. That's probably maybe um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is at the moment because before it used to seem like with with films and movies, as soon as they'd finished and as soon as they got it ready, they had it. They put it straight out there. But now it seems like they they really, particularly with movies and things, they're far more sensitive to economics and things, and they they're very clever when they release things because they don't want to compete against other big hitters and, and other things like the start. The latest Star Trek movie, I think, was delayed purposefully because they didn't want to compete with some other blockbusters like they didn't want to compete with the dark knight and stuff they wanted to push it further back and all the rest of it so that well maybe it just wasn't very good and they needed more time well (laughs) possibly possibly but that that was Uh, i know i'm i just i just i just got eight million star trek fans mad at me but you know what i'm I'm a little i'm just a little bit cautious about this yeah yeah, well, I, I'm excited to see what they've done with it because any, I mean, I I think it's kind of going to be like the Enterprise, as in the series that everybody kind of wanted, that they would they were going to go back and do it faithfully to the original and everything that I've seen so far has been fairly good. But I'm I'm with you, Ken. I'm skeptical. I I, I will make my I will go see the movie regardless of what you know, the reviews are like, just to see what they've done. But I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to say I'm I'm it's gonna be awesome and I'm I'm really, really excited about it. I'm excited to see it and see what they've done, but I'm not excited like crazily like I would be, say, about the new series of Doctor Who or or The Prisoner or or whatever it might be. I'm I just want to see what they've they've done. So well, but that's I, I why guess... it's going to do well because of people like you and I that are just curious to see it. Yeah, the, yeah. the real um, test will be if they come out with a sequel to it, how well that does. But... Well, that, that's true. But I, I also think that they're, they're trying to, with every movie, they they have to market it to a general audience, and they will have a, a certain legion of, of of fans, loyal fans, who will go out and see it just for that reason to see what they've done with it. But I, I think in order for it to be a real success, they, it has to appeal to a wide audience where, you know, it's not just the sci-fi geeks that will recommend it, where, you know, the big critics will say, oh, it's just a great movie. Aside from it being Star Trek, it's a great movie. Go and see it, you know. Well, the, the movies that have really been legendary require uh, rewatch value. In addition yes. to, like yes. you're saying, there has to be crossover appeal for it to be a hit. That's true. But then you take movies that, that are in this upper echelon of uh, box office draw this, this past year with Dark Knight or the movies like the original Star Trek and Star Wars movies and things like that and Titanic 
in in te- some what twelve years ago, uh, Titanic had had rewatch value. People would go and want to see it a second time. A certain audience went back over and over and over again. And the test for this movie is not so much the crossover appeal. To me, the test of the movie is: Will Star Trek fans want to see it two or three or four times? Yes. Yeah. And I, I can certainly say that about. There, there'll be a, they'll have a they'll have a loyal fan base of Star Trek fans who will be curious whether they're pro or con. Con. This revision. <laughs> but the, the test will come from people like you, me, Lewis, and some of the, the old school Star Trek fans. Will we want to see it a second time? That's that to me is the test. All right, let's. We're gonna have to steal this back to British science. science <laughs> okay. Fun. Yeah. yeah with, well, with, uh, speaking yeah. of British shows remade for the U.S., it seems that Life of Mars has has uh, met a, a terrible fate. Yeah, BBC it seems has like canceled it. Canceled. Yeah. The U.S. Which... Um, version of Life of Mars. Was, mm. um, the, well, the good news to this is that they haven't waited till May to do this. They've um, given the producers some time so they can wrap things up and close the story arc otherwise um you know they if this happened if this was announced in may everything would just be wide open as far as you know not having any resolution or closure to the ongoing story of, of what yeah. life on mars is about but i'm i'm curious when when you say it's been cancelled um it, it yeah, implies that it, put. yeah yeah sure but it implies that it's it's a decision <laughs> that has come now to to end it before, kind of almost prematurely. Whereas yeah, obviously we knew that it was always going to come to an end, just as because it seemed like. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've, I've still yet to see it, and I would love to see it. But it's basically the exact same show, carbon copy, the same storylines and everything. So they're just working through. Well, not the exactly. They they steered away from. They've done some episodes that were obviously inspired by the British um, version of it, but they've gone their own way. And and they have said publicly that the producers have said that you already know where the UK version went, and we're going to go a different way from that. So oh, okay. So right. they, they were already separating themselves a bit from the direction that the UK series went, and they had said that they weren't going to end the series the same way. They were going to go their own way. I mean, when when I say it was canceled, it's ABC who's um, paying the bill has will receive the 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 episodes that have already been ordered, but won't be ordering any more episodes. So ah, okay. that, that's what it comes down to. So so it it is a premature thing. It's yes. not like they're just making an announcement. Oh, okay, this is going to be the last series. Um, we're yeah, it wasn't it the producer's um, decision. It was ABC who's, like I said... Right, who's, who's so actually... it's more to do with ratings and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's, you it's know, been a... well, I think what also didn't help was during the holiday season, like from like Thanksgiving to after New Year's, it was sometime like the first or second week of January that it returned. It went on this hiatus. I mean, many shows will, during the holiday season, go into reruns or whatever, in, but they just took it completely off the air, and then yeah. it was um, then it came back in January. Uh, but I thought what helped it was I mean I don't watch Lost, but supposedly it has this big following. They put it on after Lost, but um, I guess it, it didn't it, help. It didn't help. Mm-hmm. The, the, the problem I thought with the U.S. version of Life on Mars was just um, the chemistry wasn't really there. It wasn't as deep as the U.K. version I felt, and also and, and I already kind of spoke. We I know Ken had to bow out on that episode, but James and I had a discussion about uh, comparing both versions on I think our last episode of 
uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. So I won't go back into, I won't repeat myself, but but just to capitalize it, a lot of it came down to chemistry. I thought um, the original series had a good chemistry between the characters Sam Tyler and Gene Hunt, where I just felt it was lacking in the U.S. version. Uh, though I have to give the U.S. version some credit compared to a lot of the other U.S. television series that I've unfortunately have you know seen here and there, I, I thought they were putting a good show together, even though it paled in comparison to the U.K. version. Right, because it's it's kind of funny that it's been cancelled before um, it's even been released in the UK, at least to my knowledge. I'm not aware that it's been broadcast here in the UK yet. And I thought, I think people would be interested to see it because Life on Mars was a huge hit here. I mean, everybody was talking about it. And it even spun off a a sister show, Ashes to Mm -hmm. Ashes, which also did very, very well. Um, so I had a thought that How you'd do you have. Feel like, about, I, like, I still have yet to see Ashes to Ashes. So James, uh, have you seen it? What's your take on it? Yeah, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was nice that they kept um, Gene, a lot of um, Philip they, they Gene, came yeah, back, and uh, the, the two the, the names of the his colleagues uh, uh, escaped me, mm-hmm. but the. Uh, these two sort of underlings, sure. I, the guy I, with the, the moustache yeah. and the the, the, the the wiry chap, they mm-hmm. they were there as well. But they obviously Sam could no longer be there, so they got in um, a different character. And I thought they added an interesting twist there. Um, and it's set in 1980 it, as opposed to 1973. Yes, it's set in the 1980s. Um, so obviously you have a huge comedy value there in terms of the the fashions and the hairstyles and and the music. Again, they had a, a brilliant soundtrack to uh, as they did with life uh, with life on Mars, Ashes to Ashes. They also had a fantastic soundtrack, and it had the same sort of spirit. So it was it was it was like Life on Mars but different, and they they kept the same spirit going, but it was it also added something new to the table. And um, I, I, I loved it, and um, I, I've been meaning to, to, to get it on DVD and all the rest of it, because there were a few episodes that I missed, um, and, I, and I meant to go and, and rewatch. But, but anyway, I, I, I would be, be really interested to see the American version of Life on Mars, and uh, I think it's, in a way, I'm, I'm sad that they've cancelled it, because, as you say, I'd heard mostly positive things um, and I think it's always a shame when TV bosses axe things purely on well, ratings. I have to um, I have to give credit to ABC in that they didn't pull a tripods and just cancel it before yeah, the story true. concluded. At least they are allowing the production team well, to exactly. wrap it up correctly. And, and mm. normally these announcements do happen in May, so it was to their credit that they, you know made it made them aware of it now so that they could wrap things up mm, mm, mm. because if it did happen in may they it, that would be it <laughs> you know they would be expecting to come back in september to finish off where they left off and everything would be open-ended and then they wouldn't come back and it would have no ending yeah mm. speaking of new series that are coming out um this has been on our radar for a while and, and this is also another remake but Day of the Triffids is currently in production. They're, they're producing again. A new version. By the way, <laughs> again, I don't know how many times this is now, but a really classic British uh, sci-fi serial. If nobody's seen it, then they definitely should read the book, 
see the the, the the previous series. There's been several made. But the biggest news about it is that they've hired an absolutely superb cast, real A-list celebrities, um, to, 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 to star in the show. They've hired Doug Ray Scott, Jolie Richardson, uh, Brian Cox, Vanessa Redgrave, uh, Eddie Izzard, and Jason Priestley. Um, and, and the whole thing is going to be written by Patrick Harbinson, who's worked on things like ER and Law and Order, um, and it's it's being produced uh, actually by uh, a, a Canadian production company called Prodigy, uh, sorry Prodigy Pictures, along with with Power for BBC One, um, and it's going to be released later this year, uh, based obviously on on. John Windham's best-selling novel. So uh, it's published way back in like the 50s, I guess. I think we yeah. even chatted about it um, mm-hmm. yeah. some time ago that they were going to bring it back on, on Hitchhikers. So yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled about this, um, that, they, that they've got such a great uh, cast. I mean, these are all big A-list movie stars, um, all British, but all terrific actors. And I think they'll do real justice to... Uh, to, to the to the series and and ensure that it is very successful because as soon as Eddie Izzard right now is is really uh, he's really in vogue um, with things like The Riches which has been a, a smash US hit. Um, I saw him in Valkyrie recently. I thought that was and in Valkyrie, cool. yeah, which uh, he had a very. Oh, I think it was only one scene right with with Tom Cruise, but he's from what I hear he stole the movie. I really would like to see it, but he he kind of stole the show in a way. Um, so, and also what's kind of interesting if you're a Doctor Who fan is that, uh, uh Julie Gardner is involved. She's the head of drama of, of BBC Wales. Uh, well, and I quote, anymore, quote right? well, I quote from her. Uh, yeah. I think what Ken is, is implying is that she's moving to Los Angeles. Yes. Yes. She's, she's, uh, has, I think she already has moved to uh, Los Angeles to head up some kind of thing with uh, uh, B- I want to say BBC America but it's not BBC America it's it, B- the BBC it, in America yes. yeah. like how there's BBC Wales BBC Manchester, BBC Birmingham etc. They want to have a outpost if you will in the States and uh, she was uh, heavily involved in the day of the Triffids but that's the kind of uh, uh, Theory is that she's no longer going to be as heavily involved with it, um, which is a shame. But anyway, her quote is from from the press release, which is over on the BBC website. If you just go to the press office, it was dated on the second, uh, the eleventh of February. Sorry, um, the incredible cast lined up for the day of the trip is is testament to the quality of Patrick and Harbin's script. We hope. Both uh, audiences, both old and new, will be captivated by this modern take of John Wyndham's classic best-selling novel. And I think that it, I'm really excited about this. And I, I guess that you guys are too. Um, and it's being filmed in HD. Great move. I'm mm. going to be shown on BBC HD, which I'm always thrilled whenever the BBC does this. And I really hope that they, they take this on board with other shows like Doctor Who, for instance. I know that there's sometimes a bit of an issue there in terms of doing the special effects and so on, but I'm going to be really interested in this. So we're going to keep tabs on this yeah. and keep letting you know about breaking news about this uh, as soon as we hear about it. So, But they're supposed yeah. to be doing it with Doctor Who. In fact, uh, 2010 is supposed to be the deadline that the BBC's programming is all in HD, which includes Doctor Who. And we know that 
uh, with Stephen Moffat coming on board and Matt Smith being the new Doctor, in addition to all these new things happening to Doctor Who, one of it is um, going to be in HD. So it's about time. Mm. Well, mm. It, it is about time, but it's... <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, in other news as well, uh, it's we've mentioned in previous shows as well that they're bringing back Red Dwarf, which is going to be shown around Easter time. So, people not only have a treat as well as Doctor Who's coming back in the form of uh, the Planet of the Dead, but Red Dwarf is coming back as well for four new episodes, uh, which are currently being shot. There's a fantastic um, FAQ on uh, a website called Lewtube, uh, which is Bob double Blue L. Island's site. Bob Blue Island yeah. plays uh, uh, Crichton in, um, yes, that's right. in the series. So it's lewtube.com, so double L-E-W-T-U-B-E. And it's, I have to say, great website design with the classic <laughs> sort <very> retro. of <laughs> Mac OS 6 or I don't even know. What, it, it's, it's a very early, it's, it's pre-System 7. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, and it's got a nice little little FAQ there. But to summarize, it is going to have all of the original cast. Uh, that is to say, Danny John Jules, who's going to be playing Cat, Chris Barry, who will be playing Rimmer, Craig Charles as Lister, and of course, Robert Llewellyn as Crichton. Um, and also, I have to say, kudos to, uh, to Bobby Lou because he's been putting up fantastic pictures on his uh, just little things that he's captured with his iPhone, I guess, on Twitter. Mm. And follow him on Twitter because it's really great to see uh, the kind of things that he's, he's doing and, 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 and it's nice to keep tabs on it. On, on it. We don't yet know if there's going to be uh, any involvement from Chloe Annette, of course, who played Kachansky. Or uh, Norman Lovett or Hattie Haydridge playing Holly. Um, but there's going to be a whole host of other characters. It's also going to be filmed in HD, which is superb. And basically, it's all being filmed uh, at Shepperton Studios in London. Uh, not in front of a live audience. They're wanting to keep a lot of uh, mystery about the, the show. Um and it's going to be broadcast, uh, I guess, on PBS in the States, along with various channels in Canada and Australia. Well, in the uh, UK on Dave on April On 10th. the UK on Dave, which is who's commissioned these four specials. Um, and it was also going to be released in DVD in early June. So just like a couple of months after it is uh, uh, being uh, shown on television. Uh, and not only in the UK, but also everywhere um, where Red Dwarf DVDs has been released. So the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the list goes on. Um, so yeah, it's no, really no great. No news that, about uh, Blu-ray or iTunes either. So. No, no. But hopefully, I'm sure that will happen. If not in the uh, immediate future, then within this year. It seems to be the way that everything is going. Um, and, and, I'm... I, 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 just just to su- summarize what we have said in the past, it's four new episodes, and it will comprise of uh, two episodes, which will tell, which are storytelling episodes. One is a, a documentary, and the other is a faux clip show. When I say that, I mean yeah. it, it's probably new material, but they're going to make it look like a clip show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is which is a, a great and funny little thing for them to do. And I'm a huge Red Dwarf fan. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. I don't know what you know, guys uh, think. 
our LA correspondent Josh said that he was he was pretty psyched up about this. I think we were talking about it. Yeah. If I remember correctly, in, in LA, I, I would, I, there was a bit of a haze surrounding the conversation. So, <laughs> well, well, either Josh, through tiredness or or through <laughs> drunkenness, we can't say. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that they're bringing it back, and and it's it's uh, Easter is going to be awesome this year. There's loads to look forward to. So, yeah, we got the Doctor Who special as well, just around the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of Planet of the uh, of Doctor Who. This is something that we've had a bit of discussion about off-air and something maybe slightly tad controversial. And we also, as ever, this is coming from a tabloid newspaper, The Mirror, so uh, The Daily Mirror, so who's to say whether or not it's legitimate? But the rumour is is that the TARDIS, that is to say at least the interior of the TARDIS, is going to be uh, redesigned for Matt Smith's entrance into the show. So at the moment, it's sort of a semi-rumor. The the way it's written at the mirror, they make it sound like it is confirmed and that it's set in stone. But as we've had no official word from the BBC, obviously we're taking it as a rumor. But it's it's interesting anyway. I, I guess Ken and I have a slight, maybe a disagreement here because I think it's nice that they're that they're that they're changing. A lot of things. They're really kind of. They have a new producer. They have well, a new producer, a new executive producer, a new doctor, a new companion, and now a new TARDIS. So, I think they're really wanting to put their own sort of stamp on the show uh, and to kind of to separate themselves from what we'll call Russell T Davies era. We, um, we had heard that, um, and again, I don't know if this was an official source or not, but we had heard a while ago that. The sets were going to be redone for HD quality. They they were going to, and I don't see why they needed to do that, but that's what we had heard. So this could be, since they're going to, they were going to refresh the sets anyway for HD. Maybe they're going to make some changes as well. And as I had said, that this isn't the first time that the the TARDIS has been you know remodeled or um, made over. Yeah. So and it okay. certainly probably won't be the last. And it's been four years since um you know that. We oh had... my God! Four years! Holy cow! Yes. <laughs> In Doctor <laughs> has Who, has it been that long? In four Doctor years? Who years? Yes. How how often has the TARDIS remained the same uh, as um in 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 a four year stretch? So um yes. Well, I have I have two ways of looking at this. I have the funny way and the serious way. The funny way, uh, for me is uh well no the serious way let's go with the serious way serious thing is that the show is changing with a new producer or actually should say a new showrunner new doctor new everything and so it does make a certain amount of sense but i i always like that transition period you know i kind of was surprised that david tennant didn't stay on a little bit into the moffat era to to gradually change I like the gradual changes, I, but they they seem to want to almost have a fresh beginning here. And I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'm, I'm confident in the show. I just would have liked a, a more comfortable easing in to this. Um, yeah. You know. From, from that aspect, I can completely agree with you there because... Uh, now, on, on the funny side, I think there's something fundamentally wrong with Doctor Who being shot in HD. I just don't, you know, I don't know about that. Uh, I I mean, I love HD, don't get me wrong, and I'm glad Doctor Who's going to be in HD. But 
there's you mean something just in terms said of legacy? That. Black and white, 16 millimeter, mono footage from 1963, all crackly and and yeah. Well, Ken, what I'll do for you is I'll take my old eight, my old standard definition camcorder and shoot it at my television, and you know, put some <laughs> static in there and give it to you that on these like VHS out. tapes. You know, after I run them over, stomp on them a bit, and you can get that classic feel. No, no, I, I know what you, I know what Ken is saying. You know, in many times when there's a new producer, like uh, we'll take over and do um, a few episodes before the doctor changes over before drastic changes happen. But as far as the, the change itself, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I have said in the past on Dr. Hupachaka that my complaint with the set as it is right now is really is um, mostly relating to the console itself. The controls on the consoles I always felt were more ornamental than functional. And I would like, if there's going to be a change, I would like to see it in the direction of functionality if mm. uh, and, and make it more believable and functional. It, it, it should that, be like the I'm, iPhone. There should be apps and you should put your finger on it and slide it. That would be great. <laughs> If they well, just that, went Apple on the whole console, we, Lewis would be extremely happy. I would be very happy. I would <laughs> ring up Steve Jobs right now and we'll see what we can do. Well, according to the, the article from the Mirror, a source said it will be the most high-tech, intricate TARDIS ever. So that sounds almost like a quote from Steve Jobs himself. So, <laughs> you know, maybe it will be full of all Apple gear. That's maybe it. That's Steve how Jobs is going to be the new companion. That's why he's taking a leave from Apple. There you go. That now there you we... go. Heard it here first on Hitchhikers. <laughs> we talk, we've, just like we talk too much Star Trek, we've talked too much Doctor Who on our show that's about every British sci-fi thing except Doctor Who. Well, it's yeah. British right science Right now, fiction. there are Podshock listeners who are like, oh! <laughs> well, hopefully all our Podshock listeners are listening to us here as well. And if you're not, I'm waving my fist at you right now. But then again, you won't know it if you're not You listening. won't be hearing it, so it's not much good. <laughs> well, well, I think I may, have, I, I may have mentioned this in um, a past Hitchhikers, but there are two CDs of classic Blake 7 novels coming out. And the date was originally announced as, I believe, April 7th, although Amazon.co.uk uh, has pulled back the date. It just says pre-order at this point, and there are two discs, uh, two sets available, I should say, and it's from um, BBC Audio. They're, they do the classic novels, the audiobooks. They do a great job on that. We've reviewed some Doctor Who ones in the past, and I'm kind of excited about this. They've got Gareth Thomas reading um, The Way Back, and they have Paul Darrow reading uh, Cygnus Alpha. This is just, they've broken up, um, uh, Trevor Hoyle wrote the novelization of of the early the earliest episodes of Blake Seven, and these uh, two are are adaptations of that for audiobook. So, pretty excited about that, and I know some Blake Seven fans are as well. And I wanted to give you the heads up on how it hasn't been officially announced. I've heard um, pretty reliable source, sources are telling me that there will be a Blake Seven guest at an upcoming American British television convention. I will announce when and where once it becomes official. Uh, so I'm going to be keeping my eye on that because I, of course, am pretty psyched up about that. And But I, I want it to become official. So I've got to keep my mouth shut so I don't ruin it for everybody. Cool. And, and uh, let's see, one other piece of Blake 7 News, actually Lewis had forwarded this to me. And, and we don't have, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of details as to the background of this stuff. I'm, 
Sorry, I'm fumbling to get my paperwork. Here we go. Blake Seven Liberation. Um, this group had. I, I think they're from Canada, Lewis. Weren't, didn't that? Um, I, I believe you had mentioned that. One one of the email addresses in the release that they had sent they sent out um, had a .ca. So, uh, but there's a, a a group of people, uh, a couple of fellows who are soliciting writers for a Blake Seven project called Blake Seven Liberation, and um, I'm curious to know what they're going to do with this. So I, I I emailed them and they sent me the PDF of their of their um, writer's guide and it seems pretty interesting. So I'll keep you apprised of that as I hear more. Maybe one of those guys will join us on uh, Hitchhikers to discuss this fur- further. That would be awesome. I'd look for, I would love to hear that. I'd love yeah, to. That would be great. And so this would so. be much like, like a lot of projects we've been seeing lately, the prisoner and Battlestar Galactica and then V now, uh, Blake seven, two, Two different um, re-envisioning of the classic series because you have the group from B Seven Productions and now this group putting it together. So mm. uh, that's if this is official. Maybe this is not an official production. This is it's a possibility. So I'll try to get more details on that. It sounds pretty cool. I'm just glad there's Blake Seven in the news. Well, also since yeah. our last episode, we had some news about Torchwood. Uh, this 2009 series uh, or, or series three of Torchwood is uh, going to be a mini-series, if you will. It's an abbreviated series. Children of Earth and is the name of it. And we had seen a trailer of it that was released right before New York City Comic Con. And I, I'm not sure if we reported about this in our last episode or not. So, But to our understanding is that they're going to be transmitting it not only on the BBC, but simultaneously on BBC America and I believe in... Um, in Canada and Australia as well, if I'm not mistaken. That'd be fantastic to have it done in real time around the world. I mean, really, that's I don't I don't understand. Other than scheduling conflicts, technology wise, I don't understand why we don't do this more often. Oh, that absolutely. we just don't we just don't do everything in real time. I mean, why why can't we be watching Doctor Who at the same time as in America as we are in Canada, Australia, Britain? Uh, you know, it, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't get it either, but hey-ho. You know, if there's a war going on someplace, somehow they manage to get those images around the world at the same time. (laughs) No, I think it's great news. Um, We hope that... uh, Well, we should also make a mention that uh, we had... uh, There was a Torchwood panel at at Gallifrey, which had uh, Gareth... Juris Lynn and Eve Miles. uh, uh, Billy... Our reporter from Podchock, uh, Billy Davis, was was in attendance. Maybe yeah, he could from give New us York a, City Comic Con. Yes, Comic Con. Uh, Both Lewis and I had had uh, uh, strangely right like a week before Gallifrey had some health issues and just was like, oh, geez, why now? But now. <laughs> luckily, we both were better in time to go to to Gallifrey. So, boy, we just are the, like the trailer... shills for Gallifrey. We can't say Gallifrey often enough, can we? <laughs> The, Did the, I mention those, Gallifrey? For those in interested in the trailer for Children of Corn, uh, Children, not, <laughs> Children of, <laughs> Corn. of Corn. That's a series I'd pay good money to see. What's <laughs> with Children of the Corn? <laughs> They're stalking you. Oh. <laughs> it was a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Children of Earth 
the, it's available on YouTube. Uh, for some reason, uh, the BBC is not restricting it to um, to just the UK, so thankfully. Just the UK, yeah. So uh, you can view it. It's if you do a search for it on YouTube, I'm sure you'll find it. I don't, I don't have the link um, handy. But, but but the Torchwood website is still locked to just the UK. Of course, yes. And so yeah, is the Sarah Jane Adventures. I don't get it. I mean, that, sure. you, know, you know what's what's wacky about that is that that show airs around the world, so it's not like. Well, we don't want anybody to see it because we don't want to spoil it on it for anybody. And the show is a is a global phenomenon, just like Doctor Who, just like the Sarah Jane Adventures. Why not just well, let the, people the Sarah Jane see Adventures it? is locked down as well. Uh, that's what I mean. I, I, that's that's showing on Sci-Fi in America. Yeah. Why lock the website down? It doesn't I make think, sense. I think, to be honest, it has more to do with the fact that the money that they get to produce the website comes directly from the license fee. Or there could be issues with paying actors and, and things like that. I, you know, there's been that's that's yeah. what SAG and the writers union were fighting about. You know, yes. our, well writers were SAG is uh fighting about about the internet mostly. It's you know Yeah. And sort of royalties there, so to speak, for one to listeners, a, three word. words for you. Anonymous proxy server. Mm. <laughs> It, it seem, no, it seems to be the way forward because um, I, I, I get it that the, the, the money has to come from somewhere. But if you're – I mean everything now is on the internet. It's, it's, where, it's where if you want to promote a show – I mean just – we were talking about Dark Knight earlier. Okay, we're straying away from British sci-fi here. But they had a fantastic viral campaign in terms of produ- uh, promoting the movie. And they had it with a lot of things with like Cloverfield. They're getting the the fact that that in order to promote a movie and make it even a huge success, you need to have viral marketing. And one of the best ways to do that is to just throw stuff up on the internet. So I think that they're shooting themselves in the foot because, as you as we've rightly pointed out with this Children of Earth series, that it's going to be on. All the world will see it at the same time. Every every country that has got Torchwood currently will see it at the same time, and that's fantastic. But for heaven's sakes, if you want to promote it, don't just put up a silly video on YouTube. Have the, the website there so that if you've never seen Torchwood before, if you don't know anything about the characters, you can go there and you can, you know, see the character bios. That was one of the great things that got me so excited about Torchwood is that you know they had a great website to begin with right off the bat with the whole theme around the hub so you got the chance mm-hmm. to see what the hub was like you got a and really great opportunity to, na- to navigate around it and see oh that's captain jack's office isn't that awesome look at that there he seems like he's growing a bit of a tardis in the corner or yada 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 you know that was a great way to to market this this stuff and they just don't seem to understand that. What? Why? You know, just why not I just open don't it think up? They care. And and you know what? You know, uh, the, looking back on this, we've had this discussion on Podshock many many years ago when it came to like the wallpapers and things. Now we've been yeah. hardcore Doctor Who fans for a long time, but in, but on this show we've been we've been pretty on top of everything. Now we've been to conventions. We, we go around the internet. We look at different things. I haven't seen anybody selling a bootleg calendar or a t-shirt or anything using image images that they took from the website i just haven't i maybe maybe um you know i haven't looked at everything but generally we're you know i'm in there on ebay and things like that 
putting typing in Doctor Who, seeing what's out there. I don't really see that. So yeah. from the protection point of view, you know, they uh, they gave it away so people didn't steal it. Yeah. Yeah. So now I, I need James to to lo- download the the Torchwood wallpapers and send it to me in an email. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Like that's what we got to do. I mean, what I, people will find ways to get around it, you know. That yeah. that's it. I mean, people will will download the videos off the web and put it up onto YouTube and there's yeah. no way that the BBC can stop that. They can try everything that they can, but I, I just don't understand. I mean, what what's the big deal? Just open it up. Okay, you 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 don't have license fee payers. Um necessarily all of them on the website but who cares you're making money because you're selling it to other countries you know well, surely lewis, you can offset that lewis said to me in la he said why don't they just ask me to pay a licensing fee i'll do it well that's the whole well, thing if, i mean i can understand the licensing fees uh for the uk and you know what but if you made that if you if you if you take that and you make it make it available on itunes for per purchase you buy you, you're making money that way you, yeah I mean, I mean, the licensing fees are minimum when you compare them to, you know, what people pay for cable here and everything. So that's that's true, and what people pay for satellite here, even and all the rest of it. So, but even just even if on the BBC website they had like a, a, a like a premium site or something where people from other countries could could go along. I mean, even even um on the bbc website if you access it from a foreign country it has advertisements on it which you usually don't get of course if you're looking at it from the uk because yeah. you know the uk pays their license fee but what i don't understand and this is kind of the really illogical thing about it is that you could not pay the license fee and watch it online they only they restrict it via ip so they look up okay <laughs> is this a uk ip but they assume and technically you know they by watching it, you say, I've paid my license fee. Right. But you don't have to have paid your license fee to watch it, of course. You so, lie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole sort of circular argument. I mean... But by those outside of the UK, let's say, like Ken and I, I we have a shelf full of Doctor Who DVDs that, yeah, that we bought. Yeah, or... You know, you know, some of that money is going to the BBC, and also um, when they sell license, when they sell their programs to uh, BBC America or or the Sci Fi Channel, they, they they're making income that way. If we're watching them there, we're, you know, they're paying the Sci Fi Channel's paying the bills through their advertising. Same thing with BBC America. So yeah. Well, while we're on this this uh, topic of of BBC America, I, I wanted to get. Uh, like a grassroots thing going for for our listeners on Long Island, uh, Cablevision doesn't carry BBC America. Our friends in the city with Time Warner Cable have it. I, I think Comcast has it as well. I, I'm, I'm it's not also a, on DirecTV and DirecTV and, and things like that. Sure. So we need to start being vocal with our cable companies that aren't carrying BBC America. Now, what's surprising about Cablevision is that they carry BBC World News. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a 24-hour news service from the Beeb. So it's not like they don't know it's out there. You know, someone at one must – these people must know that BBC America is available. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really want it. As a matter of fact, I'll trade a a whole lot of crappy channels for one good one. Let's see. I'll I'll give up my country music channel. TV. Oh yeah, yeah. Anything that that used to show music videos, I'll give up. Yeah. Uh, I'll give up Oprah's channel. I don't watch that. She has uh, her own channel. 
I'll I'll give up any of the shopping channels, which are essentially a 24-hour commercial. So you can keep QVC and all those kind of things. Just please take them. I don't watch them. I'm I'm really surprised, you know, in this day and age that you can't customize the channels that you want to watch. Sure, they have different packages, but I'm surprised that you can't just, like, go online. It would be embarrassing for me. I'd have, like, 12 channels. Yeah, but who cares? I mean, I don't – I watch – I watch maybe six channels. See, but the companies rather you buy a package of channels that you don't watch just so they can, hi- they can charge a higher fee for it. Yeah, but this is the thing. Like In the UK, BT, which is our effectively our version of AT&T, British Telecom, they've come out with a, a service now where you, you pay um, – that you can get a television service from them that's tied in with your phone and blah, blah, blah. And it, it downloads everything – off the web through uh, a hub mm-hmm. and you can exactly. pay watch per program or per movie or whatever, kind of like iTunes in a way. Um, and their whole advertising uh, campaign is how much do you pay to watch, you know, owl, you know, TV or whatever, or, you know, just all these dodgy channels that you get as part of your package that nobody watches because it's effectively like watching paint dry. It's just not what you're interested <laughs> in. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I, well, I would – why well, – You know, in, in our area, Cablevision is facing a lot of competition now from Verizon's cable thing, the, the Vios or whatever they call it. And they have BBC America. And, and as, a, as a consumer and as someone who's trying to motivate other consumers and supporters of BBC America, you need to, when, when you call and you say, hey, why aren't we getting BBC America? You need to say, well, you know, Vios has it. Yeah. And one thing as, as a, you know, as, as businesses leveling, understand, as the competition is offering something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But um, it, I'm, not, gone... I'm not knocking cable. I just think that they need, to, they need to provide the same thing as everybody else. I mean, they, they took forever getting FX the, the the Fox Channel, you know, uh, uh, for years they were showing reruns of of X Files where nobody else was, and I'm like, well, why can't I watch that? You know, it's, yeah. It's, well, another trend it, these days is just ditching your cable or satellite service altogether and just getting your your media through iTunes or uh, Hulu or other internet uh, providers that provide. But CBC America isn't available like that, is it? I don't think so, but I think that that's going to be P- TV but, execs are starting to recognize. But BBC it, America's internet. programming is available on iTunes. That's that their Doctor Who uh, yes. episodes are connected yeah. through BBC America. That's why you won't see new episodes of Doctor Who until it's shown on BBC America first. Then it, it appears on iTunes in the U.S. Oh, I see. Yeah, but uh, I think that they they've recognized that this is the way things are going because now people are spending more time per day in front of their computers on the internet than they are in front of the television. And there's a reason why that is, because half of the stuff, if not more, I certainly, you know, I, I, I watch six channels, you know, <laughs> and, and I think that's more than enough for me. I've got no interest. I mean, I have Freeview, which is a uh, free digital. Uh, I just pay my license fee. I've got a set-top box, and I get, like, 50 channels or something ridiculous and i watch six of them because half of them are just complete crap and i've got no interest in them and (laughs) the thing is is that i just don't understand why they don't it's the future why don't they just you know you pay per channel or whatever and that's what you do you tick a box and say okay i would i want because our cable bill would be about three dollars 
Yeah, but they'd get, they'd get more people on cable that way. Like than... Just the deep, let's see, you have Sci-Fi, you have the News Channel, you have BBC America. Oh, and a sports channel, hey. Well, that's the problem with old media is they're clutching onto old ways, and it's taking them, to, you know, they're, they're kicking and screaming into the 21st century. It's a slow process. Maybe, hopefully, they'll get there, but right now they're still latching on to, okay, we've got to sell them in big packages. You know, that's why many um, many of these uh, cable companies are also um, internet providers, and like Comcast is now well, yeah. capping their, their bandwidth so that you can't download X amount of... Um, you know, uh, material. I think they have a 250 gigabyte, which is um, limit, yeah. a, a sort of generous limit. But some have a 40 gigabyte limit, so you can only uh, download so much uh, media off the off their cable service because they want you to buy their their cable t- TV. Was that mm. Comcast that was capping it out? Com- Comcast is capping it at 250 gigabytes currently, but there's another yeah. service which escapes me right now that's only has a 40 gigabyte cap. Which oh, is, really? um, you know, maybe a couple high definition shows. Uh, yeah, a that's week, nothing. Maybe. Yeah, that's nothing. That's cr- that's crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we could, we can, uh, we have, and regularly do talk about this and how old media needs to catch up. But it's it's just so frustrating because there's so much potential there, and there's so much that's wasted on this. And I completely wholeheartedly agree with Ken. If you can call up your cable companies. Demand your BBC America. Yeah, demand it. I mean, it, it's it's shocking that it's such a great channel. And I I've been to the states many times, and I I love the fact that that there is the BB, the BBC America there, and that they that it is a superb channel, and that they've got really good programming. And interestingly, they've not just got stuff from the BBC, but they've got stuff from Channel Four and and ITV, and That's they've amazing. not just. Resp- that's that's great that that okay it's got the BBC. They, they don't they don't limit themselves if something's good they they try to air it you know mm-hmm. yeah and what's even better is that it feeds back to the UK because there's a, a a a big TV series here which is is kind of sci-fi it's it's more fantasy it was a program called Being Human which is just finished which was uh, a show it was very good. I enjoyed it, and my girlfriend enjoyed it even more so. It was about a, a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost who were all living together. And they were kind of taking on this evil vampire corporation. And it was really interesting. But BBC America part-funded it, just as the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, has funded things like Doctor Who and Torchwood. BBC America has, has put up some money to do being human in the assumption that they'll obviously get the program for free or cheaper. And, and that's what's brilliant is that, that Americans are contributing towards British television and they will get to see programs that they love on BBC America. So it's shocking to me that, you know, it's available on some cable companies, but not others. So geez, we're even outsourcing our television now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But at least you're outsourcing it. Uh, I know in, we're getting we're going to some place that makes good television. <laughs> <laughs> no, but don't get me wrong. I think uh, America makes some fantastic television programs as well. Yeah, name uh, one. The Simpsons. <laughs> okay, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> Even that's made in. Isn't that made in Japan? Probably. The, the, the animation Japan. is. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> 
I guess that we've rambled on long enough. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, but I... I think that we, well, we did. It was a well. We had a lot to cover, and um, I think we we scratched the surface here on some of it. That's um, it's a sad loss of Patrick McGowan. Yeah, very sad. It's um, the the original prisoner prisoner series is available on DVD as well. I know we had mentioned that as a fantastic box set. Actually, a there's a box set with lots of extras. So and um, in the states, it's um, region one A and E Entertainment puts it out and. Um, I'm sure it's available in Region Two as well. I'm, I'm guessing, James. You, I don't know. Uh, I think so. I, 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 I would be surprised to... if it's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just can't remember. Um, I, I know I have it somewhere, but I, I, I can't remember who. That's your who homework assignment. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it up. I'll look it up. Um, um, last bit of tidbit news is that that was just came out today is that the radio times is going to be featuring 21 d- different covers of the comic relief red nose edition and it's to uh, celebrate 21 years of comic relief and in including in mm-hmm. those 21 different covers will be one will be david Tennant wearing a red nose uh, also simon Pegg is in there um there's also um what's his face um Oh, from um, Little face. Britain, uh, Williams. Um, David Williams. Yes, yes. So, uh, Big Doctor Who fan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of David Tennant, uh, two things. One, on his official site, there is a sample available to download of... Um, he, he's done some work for a CD of um, called From Shakespeare with Love, and it's different actors... Oh. Um, reading sonnets from Shakespeare, and he has a one-minute sample of, of one of his readings on there uh, for a free download, an MP3 of him uh, reading some Shakespeare. And secondly, apparently they're intending to film David yeah. Tennant. The movie. Um, yeah, David uh, Tennant doing movie. Hamlet, which is great. <laughs> yes. For someone like myself who didn't get over to the UK to see uh, Tennant as Hamlet, I'll, I'll at least get a chance to experience the, the cast right. from the production that he was in, are, uh, including himself, are getting together for a film version of the Royal Shakespeare and Company's um, Hamlet. Yeah, that's really cool because I didn't, I didn't see it either, but heard some terrific things about it. So, uh, and it also Patrick Stewart's in it as well. So, I, well, I was just going to ask that. I wonder if that includes Patrick Stewart or not. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. Cast. Yeah, I think they, that that, that uh, I'd heard of this too, and I think it's the original cast. Uh, uh, who's, who's going to be in it because I think that they've had, I mean, it sold out pretty much every night and they had, they were overwhelmed by the amount of people who wanted to go and see it. So I think this is kind of a response to that. And I think that it's obviously directly related to the fact that David and, uh, Patrick have been in hugely su- successful sci-fi shows. Um, and there were loads of sci-fi fans there. They even had to say to people, you know, stop bringing stuff that you want signed. No autographs. That is of a, a Doctor Who or Star Trek or X Men. You know, <laughs> relate, related. So don't bring it because uh, we don't want to sign it. It's here. We're here to do Shakespeare, not you know, sci-fi. But it's nice that they were able to hook people in that way and kind of get people uh, to experience. Exposure. Yeah, exposure yeah. to um, Shakespeare. Yeah, and I think there'll be a lot of uh, younger fans who will have been just to see David, and it will have been their first glimpse of Shakespeare. So I'm sure that he'll be hugely proud of that, and uh, and I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it. So uh, it, it'll be a nice little insight into what the stage show was like. Mm-hmm. 
All right. What well, else do we have, Joe? Round out the show, right? Oh, no. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, we'll be back with more Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. See you then. Cheers. All right. See you. Thanks for listening to The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. You can send feedback at feedback at Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi.com. This is Louis Trapani. You can follow me via Twitter at twitter.com slash Louis Trapani. You can follow James Norton on Twitter at twitter.com slash James Norton. Visit arttrap.com for more on this and other podcasts. This has been an Art Trap production. 